0: What happens when leaders fall? What happens when the people that we've looked up to commit acts so heinous that it shakes the very foundation of our beliefs? And in light of the recent allegations and subsequent investigative findings into Ravi Zacharias, the notable Christian apologist, we explore that topic on this episode and we try to tackle some of the questions that have been coming out from our community And warning to our listeners, we understand that the topics that we discuss on this episode might be very sensitive and triggering. So we advise that you skip this episode if that's the case for you. And to the victims of sexual abuse, know that there is help out there. Uh, A great resource for you is Rain.org, R-A-I-N-N.org. It's the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. And so lots of great resources for you there. And also know that there's hope hope in jesus who not only restores our city but us as people completely and holy welcome everyone to the restoring our city podcast on this episode we are talking about a pretty serious topic that's impacted our community um, and it's really sent some shockwaves, especially within the south asian community and um, definitely a, a tough subject to talk about, but I think it's relevant and very significant. And it's important that we talk about uh, Ravi Zacharias, who, if you don't know, uh, was a notable apologist from from India, South Asian community. And um, he w- was an amazing apologist and world-renowned apologist. Um, and he actually passed away last year, I believe in May. Um, and Recently, there's been, you know, investigative reports into sexual misconduct um, in his actions and lots of evidence uh, against him, and it's really disrupted just the legacy of what he's done, Um, and it's really sent some shockwaves and ripple effects to folks who really came to know the Lord through his teachings, and so um, I thought it was really important for us to kind of talk about this subject today, and joining with me. On this episode are my fellow rock collaborators, um, Alvin Matthew, who's on, uh, who's uh, a church leader for several years within the Chicagoland area, decades of experience uh, impacting our community. Alvin is on with us. Alvin, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, Joey. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for being on. Yeah, Um, definitely. It's somebody who I talk apologetics with all the time is Alvin, (laughs) and I appreciate your insight. And along with Alvin is uh, my brother and uh, fellow rock collaborator, Joel Varghese, who's the church um, director of church partnership with Rimi, and obviously has a lot of experience with international ministry as well. And so I know um, th- this hits home as well, just kind of hearing the situation and, and Joel, how's it going today? I'm
2: keeping well and uh, glad to be back. It's like I take a break every <laughs> few months and just <laughs> pop back in.
0: Yeah, we decide to have you back or not. You know, we always (laughs) wrestle with that. Um, No, but thanks, Joel, for being on. And I I think it's important to have both of your insights into this. I I think over the years, just, you know, with all of us collaborating in rock and just talking about the gospel with our fellow friends, um, I can't name how many times we've brought up Ravi Zacharias's teachings in small group or different Mm -hmm. events and things like that. And uh, especially being South Asian. I know many of our listeners who might be South Asian and and listening to this have heard Ravi Zacharias' teachings and maybe read his books and were really impacted by his ministry. And so, um, Alvin, do you want to kind of talk to us a little bit about just the context of this situation and what occurred? Uh, Yeah.
1: So for starters, uh, Ravi Zacharias, like Joby said, is a uh, probably the most prominent uh, Christian apologist of the 21st century. Uh, So very well known man, uh, not only within Christian circles, but even uh, internationally throughout many Islamic and uh, atheist countries, all, uh, you know, basically welcomed him with open arms. He had an incredibly uh, great reputation among like basically everyone. Uh, and I think this past May, he actually ended up passing away from cancer. And I believe this August or October, uh, some allegations came out and were brought up to his organization, uh, RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. It's an apologetics organization. And uh, they these allegations were brought up. And basically, there were some sexual misconduct allegations. There was uh, potential abuse or mishandling of... Uh, just funds and a whole bunch of various allegations that were going on. Uh, So RZIM then uh, pursued a, uh, I guess it's a private investigator, but it was a third party private investigator to just fully investigate the whole situation and really just try to figure out what was happening, just get down to the truth. And then in December, I believe they released some preliminary findings, which were pretty damning and kind of uh, very disappointing to hear, uh, but not a full report. Uh, And it was the report kind of tended to point that there's a good probability that these allegations are true or there's some substance to what was being said. Then I believe uh, this past, a couple of weeks ago within February, the full report, uh, a 13-page report was released, and it detailed many different incidences, and it uh, tried to characterize the whole basically pattern of behavior. And there were a lot of, uh, I guess, underlying assumptions within, uh, you know, phone calls or even uh, things saved on phones and communications back and forth uh, to various people that were kind of indicating that hey it seems like this isn't necessarily legit or there's some stuff that's kind of a little bit shady or not exactly above board uh, and then in doing this also uh, Ravi's family or many of Ravi's family members are also part of uh, his various organizations that help out in some kind of way so they're obviously also impacted their are uh, numerous uh, victims that are involved in this situation. There's just, a, it's it's really a heartbreaking situation. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and the worst part of it is, uh, you know, Ravi Zacharias has passed away. So there's really no way we can get any kind of closure or finality on what actually happened or just some background. It's we're just kind of digging for evidence and kind of letting the evidence speak for itself, no matter how damning it may seem.
0: Yeah. And I think um, it's really Eye-opening and, and alarming when we, we see this. And I think first thing that we uh, you know think of, and I think we should think of is the victims and, and the folks mm-hmm. that are impacted by these allegations. And at the same time, there's it's evidence, right? And it's and I think we want to get into the conversation a little bit about that. And I appreciate you kind of setting the stage, Alvin. So what has been the response, um, I guess, from those within the camp? And maybe what are some of the the reactions to some of these findings?
1: Yeah, uh, so as a whole, RZIM, I think... Uh, like, if, on a personal note, I would say they are probably dealing with this the best way that they can. Uh, they're being very forthcoming about look, there's an independent investigation. We're going to stand by what the findings are. Uh, they're not impeding anything. They're really just trying to be as transparent and above reproach as possible, which I think is definitely the right uh, way to approach this situation. Uh, and also, I believe uh, there has been a slightly different response from Robbie's family. Uh, not, I don't want to say different. I don't feel like that's fair, but uh, more classifying response where the report is very cut and dry, like it's evidence based. Here's evidence. It's yes or no, very black and white. Um, and I think even Nathan Zacharias, uh, Ravi Zacharias' son, even said, you know, you guys are approaching this from the sense of like, oh, he's Ravi Zacharias, founder of RZIM, but you're neglecting the fact that he's also Ravi Zacharias, husband, father, grandfather, uncle, son, like he's a person and we're all, you know, human. So I, I think maybe Nathan's intent was to kind of soften sort of the the bleakness of the report and say like, you know, it's it's very easy now that he's gone just to be very cut and dry about it, but to realize we're all human and we all have you know, we all struggle with things, but that doesn't dismiss anything that he has done or has been alleged that he's done. Uh it, It's, you know, it's very challenging because we have not only the assault victims, we have the family that's victims. We have the friends and coworkers who are also now technically victims who are technically, you know, they were basically like participating uh, in ministry with him, not realizing all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes.
0: I do want to read, a part of the report, um, just kind of the initial outset, just to kind of give some folks if you haven't heard about the story or haven't read the report or know what's going on. I mean, some of the evidence that was found in the report, I- I'll just kind of read from a blurb here. So we also reviewed Mr. Zacharias' electronic devices and found evidence of text and email based relationships with women who are not his wife, as well as over 200 selfie style photographs of women. It's It's interesting if you hear the story that you know, just this investigation looked at folks within the U.S., even though Ravi Zacharias was, you know, world renowned and, and went overseas mm-hmm. and potentially had relationships with women in different countries as well. And so it just seems it seems really damning, like you said, Alvin. Yeah, it's very um, tough. It, yeah. It,
1: and I think it's also fair to uh, or I, I think for us being transparent, it's also important uh, being Christians that, you know, we don't just view someone because of their sin, right? So we don't necessarily know that because like Ravi's not here anymore, we see the list of sins, which like, oh, wow, that's that's incredibly damning. But we actually don't know what else could be going on behind the scenes. Maybe he was struggling with addiction. Maybe there was other problems that were like adding to this. You know, it's it unfortunately paints a very empty picture for us to try to figure out what's happening, right? And I think we have yeah. to come to terms with there won't be any kind of closure. It's pretty much just, hey, is there potential for evidence? Is there a potential wrongdoing? If so, that's kind of unfortunately going to lead us in a direction that we may not uh, we may not hope.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, before I get into that, I just want to share just briefly, because yeah, you know, personally, yeah, this this news definitely hit me. Um, just as Alvin shared, and um, you know, I I did not know Ravi Zacharias personally, but I did have the privilege to meet him uh, on two occasions, and and that was in India. And just a just a regular guy, you know, and um, and just to think, you know, especially being an Indian, you know, when when you look at another Indian person, you automatically think, mm-hmm. oh, that's your uncle, <laughs> you know, and and th- and he was just very down to earth, the way he talked to you. And um, so just to hear this, it just like, what? You you just didn't want to believe it. Um, But, you know, as Joby said earlier, you know, I just want to pause here uh, just to, you know, with all the the victims, all the women who were affected, who were taken advantage by him, you know, we are praying for you and uh, we do not understand the depth of your pain but we know that jesus does jesus knows the depth of your pain and he is the only one who can bring the healing and the peace that you need and i pray that you continue to cling on to him and um and it is it is sad and what rabbi zacharias mm-hmm. did was wrong um it was sinful and i uh, was just um just thinking today that though uh, his sin may have destroyed his legacy it does not destroy the yes. truth that he preached, you know, and the truth is that Jesus saves. And uh, and, and for many who have been led to Christ by Rabbi Zacharias, uh, I just read a, a tweet uh, earlier uh, a week ago uh, by a girl named Jennifer Greenberg. I, I love what she said. And uh, she said, if you feel you're led to Christ by Rabbi Zacharias and feel shaken, please hear me. You were not saved by any man but by the Holy Spirit working through a sinner. Regardless of his wickedness, the Spirit who called you is holy. Cling to God. Do not fear. He is faithful. And I think that's so important to know is that um, Jesus is the one who saves, Mm -hmm. not man. He uses man. He uses people to preach and teach the gospel, but it's it's hard because when you, um, and that's something we have to, repent of we idolize these people right we idolize people like rabbi zacharias our pastors our ministers because we put them up on such a high pedestal and that thinking that they would never Mm -hmm. ever fail
0: yeah i think that's a really important point too right like there's there's people who are wrestling with this to say wow did everything that i learned from this guy is it a lie? And I'm hearing a lot of the critiques and I haven't watched everything. And that's why I definitely want to rely on you guys to, to inform um, me about this situation and our listeners. And, and there. there's a lot of videos out there reactions and things like that to say, mm-hmm. wow, I always knew this guy was sleazy or I always knew this thing. And it was interesting because I looked at this differently because as South Asians, we look at him and we resonate, mm-hmm. right? We resonate with him because he's like, Joel, you mentioned like our uncle. Mm -hmm. You know, like we meet him and you're like, oh man, you're like our uncle and it's great. It's like one of us who's doing some amazing work. And it's, I, I think there are some people who have negative reactions might not resonate or empathize or have that relation like a South Asian community member might, right? So like, what do we tell those folks who are wrestling with, Man, do I need to just go back to the drawing board, or how can we help folks who are a little rattled by this and maybe are shaken in their faith, legitimately, right?
1: Yeah, I think I can kind of take that a little bit, like just to share, uh, even from my own perspective. Like Ravi Zacharias is one of uh, the first, pe- like first preachers or even apologists that I was, you know, fond of that I could even talk to, like my uncles about. And They'd be like, oh yeah, you heard about Ravi Zach Yeah, I loved him I used to have read all his books I've heard him t- 20 30 years ago and you are like you know 20 30 years later I'm catching on and it's like, oh wow like that's you know like and uh, being a South Asian second gen American or second gen Indian is we don't have many like preachers in common <laughs> right like there's not many preachers I idolize that. My parents are like, yeah that, like that guy's preaching is on fire, right? And so for us uh, who have like looked up to Ravi and have benefited from his teaching, um, the thing that like I feel has always reminded me or the scriptures reminded me is that God uses sinners for his ministry, right? And now that doesn't condone their sin, that doesn't approve or, you know, shove what they did under the rug, but it's, you know, it would be unfair for me to singularly just judge Ravi. Because of sin, is a I'm going to disqualify your ministry. Because technically, I'm also a sinner in need of grace, and any ministry or anything I've done should then theoretically be disqualified.
0: I'd never even thought about that, Alvin. The connection between the older generation and the younger generation, or the new generation, or the second Mm -hmm. Um, gen—we don't have a lot of those figures, you know, because it's so early, right? And you know, our parents immigrated here for the first time, and so that's that's a really great point. Um, And kind of to piggyback on that too. I heard, you know, you know, folks were saying, you know, don't buy his books, don't review his teachings, Mm -hmm. disassociate yourself from his work because of this, right? We just want to forget his memory. And I don't want to discount how horrible the sin and the impact to the victims are. But I think it's worthwhile to ask that question. Like, do we just disregard his teaching? Is there value still there that we should refer to?
2: Yeah, that's hard uh, to. I've been thinking about that personally, um, because especially preaching and teaching, I'm probably not going to use Ravi Zacharias quotes uh, for <laughs> some time because right now it's just too fresh. And um, and to be honest, that could just trigger um, uh, uh, um, people. And uh, in the, the the whole point of when you're sharing the gospel, you want them to lead them to Christ. You don't want to distract them with other things and. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, using his name right now will um, distract uh, them and uh, the truth. Um, but would I, you know, we can't erase uh, his teaching, his ministry, because through him, he has led many, many to Christ, you know, and um, and those people will be in heaven, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think right now it's probably not the best thing to do, you know, but we have to like really take a step back and stop idolizing people, you know, and stop worshiping people.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly where my head is going. And I guess as far as, you know, my my next question, which is like this idea of hero worship of folks in, you know, prominent positions. Where's the dangers in that? And how does that impact our community? Why is hero worship so bad?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's certainly interesting because I think I read uh, an article recently that like technically Ravi didn't exhibit any of the flaws of hero worship. He typically didn't have messages that were really focused on himself. He wasn't typically ever lifting up like the Ravi brand or the RZIM brand. He was basically promoting apologetics. He was promoting the gospel. Um, And so it's incredibly uh, surprising to see like how this turned out. Um, But for hero worship, you know, we have, uh, I think, uh, I think when Billy Graham passed away, I did like a a message on like, oh, you know, we probably won't have many more like blameless preachers, (laughs) like someone's going to have a scandal, someone's going to have something. And in my mind, Ravi was right there next to him like, oh, Ravi passed away in May, like, wow, he's probably the end of the era. And then now come to find out, well, he actually wasn't even the end of the era. But I think it should humble us as leaders that any of us are so close to potentially falling. And it's not like we become magically inoculated from this deception, just because we get to a higher level of prominence or popularity or whatever. Um, And for hero worship, I think, uh, ultimately, I think it's like Paul says it in scripture, it's you shouldn't look to me or my teaching, but you should like Use me as a window and look through me to Christ. Any of us is susceptible to it because we 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 worship people as heroes because we also secretly want that for ourselves, right? We want to be like lifted up. We want people to think we're impressive or capable or whatever it is.
0: It's sad when you see things like this happen in our community. And at the same time, it's not just this Revy Zachariah situation because he was a South Asian leader. This is... This, issue of sexual abuse has been happening in our community. And speaking as an Indian Christian, I've been to conferences where we've had seminars and talks about sexual abuse happening in the church from local churches, pastors that you might know. And I'm not afraid to say that. Like, I'm not going to say evidence or names or or accuse people. I I, I just want to make sure that we understand that this is not just like, oh, this is a prominent person that this Mm -hmm. happened to this happens within our local church. And I guess you can kind of hear the emotion in my voice. This makes me mad when I, I think we all are a little upset about these types of situations. And not only just because it happens, because it happens to people we know or, you know, and that breaks my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess my question to you guys is, how, how are we handling this? as a local church, and are we doing it the right way? What is our responsibility when it comes to publicly rebuking this and Mm. how should we go about that?
2: Mm. You know, even before we analyze that question, um, I think even with the situation with Rabbi Zachariah, even RZIM, how they handle the situation. I've talked to a number of churches the past few weeks and just different Christian organizations and they're just talking about reconstructing what accountability looks like. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a good thing. And I think a lot, of, especially in our Indian community, because of the honor-shame system, leaders are afraid to be vulnerable. Mm. They're afraid yeah. to to uh, share their sins with one another, you know, and especially when you look at leadership. And I got to tell you, if when, a you know, I've heard many pastors and leadership, especially in the Indian community. They'll say I'm only a convo to God. The moment mm. that pastor says that, it's a red flag. Leave that yep. church. <laughs> seriously. Yep. You know if, if you Jump can't ship guys. <laughs> seriously. I mean, if you're if you can't if you're in leadership um, and you can't be able to be real with one another, man, that's that's there's something yep. wrong. You know, and uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know, I'm I'm a sinner saved by grace, but I'm realizing that. Especially in, in leadership, you have to be vulnerable with one another. You have to trust one another, and yet to you have to be able to to um, confess certain sins, um, certain struggles you may be going through. Because, dude, think about it. If you just keep that stored sin, keep it hidden, it's just gonna get worse. And yeah, and you know, I you know again, I can't talk too much in depth about what Rabbi what he dealt with because he is gone. But you know, I can just only imagine, he, like Alvin, you shared earlier, about it, he may have been struggling with a lot, you know, and he yeah. probably could not share these struggles with people, and um, mm-hmm. and then the, and then when you when you reach a certain status in the community, there's no way you would feel comfortable sharing because then people will just uh, dismiss you, and and that's wrong. Yeah.
0: you know, is that because like you know, I I want to stay there, Joel, because you brought mm-hmm. up an interesting point. It's not to excuse. What he's done. I want to say that eighty times. Exactly. Not to excuse what he's done. Yes, but like the the, is there a fear from leaders, especially maybe they might not be at the status level of Ravi Zacharias, but maybe there are leaders who are struggling with sin, Mm. who can't acknowledge it because of the fear of what would happen to the ministry.
2: Well, you know, you made a good point because I I was reading uh, one of the victims actually shared that where Ravi did say, "If please do not tell anyone because this can just affect Mm -hmm. the ministry and uh, we would lose millions of people, um, millions of souls, you know. And of course, I mean, that was wrong of him to say that. And at first put that weight on her and this person saying that if you you tell anyone, you know, no one's going to hear the gospel anymore. That right there, when I re- read that account, you know, I was upset because you automatically make it seem like only RZAM can save, can really preach yeah. the gospel, and that's not the case, mm-hmm. you know. And, but yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right, Joe. Uh, Joey, is that uh, especially when you reach a certain status in ministry, um, you become afraid. You become afraid that the ministry will shut down, um, and it's not going to. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I think it's really just an excuse to say, oh, we're not going to be able to save people. I think the excuse is. You're losing Mm -hmm. your position. You're losing your status. You're losing your respect in the community.
1: Yeah. And uh, just to add on to Joel's point, I think he said it perfectly. If there's a pastor that says that uh, they're only accountable to God, that is probably the biggest red flag that there can be. Um, You know, even I'm, I'm thinking about that. Like uh, as I like study church leadership and stuff, there are a couple of prominent pastors I follow. And one of them actually, uh, Within, I think he got married at like 19, and then a year into his marriage, he actually uh, committed infidelity. So before he became a big pastor, there was a big scandal. Uh, And so he said, once he started getting into ministry and getting more serious about ministry, he said, there is one person in my life that knows where I am without question 24-7, 365. And anytime they ask, where are you? I, I respond. If I don't respond, that means they have the authority to shut all of my ministry and everything down. Because I'm not willing to be accountable and be transparent. And he said that because he believed that God had this enormous call in his life. And he said, that call is way too valuable for me to even slightly think about anything that could potentially not be above reproach. And so when I think about that, and then I see like, okay, now the Ravi situation, I was like, okay, there's a huge, huge difference here. And speaking from the South Asian perspective, you know, uh, this pastor had to tr- has to trust this person who he's given the authority to kind of close down his ministry, right? In Ravi's situation, you know, he's basically, I mean, it's almost unfair to say he was at the top of his field. He was literally at the pinnacle of, like, respect and his field technically to where he probably felt like there, he didn't have any equals or, like, co laborers, as it were, Right. And I think like one of the benefits of like rock is like we've always had each other. So if one of us started slipping, literally, I'd get a call. Hey, man, let's get some lunch. <laughs> like we we all keep each other accountable. And if anyone, no matter what level of ministry you're in, if you don't have like at minimum that, let alone if you're a pastor and you don't have another pastor or elder or committee mm-hmm. who you're accountable to, then like you're like God had God has set up leadership in a way to protect us. To be like fruitful. So we're literally operating outside of that and being like, well, I'm getting all this success. So I'm probably good. I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm I'm seeing a lot of fruit from what I'm doing. But the reality is like we really have to like pursue accountability and transparency. And like we need, you know, like I, I like to use the word co laborers because it's literally people that are working with you alongside you, who you like, they know your struggle, they know what it's like to do ministry, they know what it's like, you know the hardships and the challenges that come along with it. So they can understand, but at the same time, they'll also like, they'll be real with you, right? Like if I started slipping, I don't question that you guys would literally be like, hey, you got to chill. You got to yeah. calm down, you know?
0: I think it's important to have these conversations. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm sure the folks maybe who are listening have questions and and want to dig into the story more and, and might read into some of the details. And I, I think what we really want to share here is, Yes, these kind of things happen, and it might be even triggering for some of our listeners who might be listening to this. Uh, this, These are sensitive topics, and I think what we're talking about here, especially when it comes to sexual abuse, even if you might be a victim of sexual abuse, I, I just want to let you know that there is hope out there. We've, we've kind of alluded to the gospel a couple of times already in this episode about the hope that we have in Jesus and who can restore us completely in, in everything that we do. Uh, also, even practically... You know, for resources, there are so many resources, and there's help available for you. And so, uh, I think one great organization is Rain R A I N N, which is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. You can find a lot of resources at rain.org. Um, so, if you have suffered from sexual abuse or want to find uh, more information or get more resources, please check out rain.org. Um, guys, thanks for being on. I appreciate. Uh, your insight into this very um, important topic and we definitely are are thinking and praying for the victims and I hope we our community can be the catalyst for change uh, to help prevent these types of situations from occurring in the future.